Usually, when you start talking about Christmas gifts, you want to ask people about the best gift they ever received. And they can remember back, nearly everyone can remember their favorite gifts, that Cabbage Patch or American Girl doll, that particular Transformer or that BB gun, that thing that was given to you that was just made the day, right? You rarely ever talk about the worst gifts ever. One year, I received the worst gift ever. Now, it didn't start out that way. In fact, when I picked up the present and when I unwrapped it, I was blown away by what it was. I was just a little boy at the time, but when I opened the present, I could not believe what was inside. It was still in its box, but it was a yellow chainsaw that worked like any chainsaw. I unwrapped it, and I quickly got everything out of it, and and when I started it up, it revved up like a chainsaw. Now, you have to understand that for me, a chainsaw was a pretty big deal. So I grew up in a family that always cut its own wood and had fires through the winter. My grandfather, who we called Grandpap, heated his house by firewood. And so it was a regular occurrence as a little boy to go with my dad and my grandfather out to the woods. They would cut down the tree, they would take it and put it into pieces, and the ones that were small enough, like that big, I would carry over to the back of the car. So when I got my first chainsaw, I was ready to be a man. (laughs) Got that thing revved up, it sounded great. I took it outside. I laid it up against the edge of the tree and started going, and nothing happened. There was no wood chips flying, no sawdust anywhere. I started it again. Same thing. Nothing happened. I threw it down in disgust. This thing doesn't work. At which point, up on the porch watching me, possibly the nicest man you've ever met, my grandfather who died a number of years ago, just started laughing out loud at me. I mean, the horror, the humiliation, and then your own grandfather starts laughing at you, the tears just started pouring down my face. What a horrible gift. This thing doesn't work. It was nothing that I expected when I opened the box. I thought for sure I had a real chainsaw, not knowing that you wouldn't give a five-year-old a real chainsaw, (laughs) at least not in Fairfax. Um, I don't know. It was the worst gift because it was so disappointing when I had opened it and thought I was going to get something different, like expecting a BB gun and getting pink fuzzy pajamas instead. I have to wonder if that first Christmas was the best gift or the worst gift ever. You know, there's Mary getting the annunciation by the angel Gabriel in Luke 1, and the angel tells her she's going to have a son, a miracle of God. This, will be a, a, this, this child will be great. He will be the son of the Most High. He will sit on a throne. He will reign. He will have a kingdom. And then she goes and tells everyone, hey, guess what? An angel came to me and said I'm going to have a baby. I know. I know Joseph and I are just engaged and nothing's happened, but I'm pregnant by God. And nobody believed her. The shame, the rumors, Probably the fear because adultery could be executed. And then when time came for her to give birth, she and Joseph are being ordered around by Caesar, the Roman authorities who say, go a hundred miles away to be taxed. And she has to travel, very pregnant, 
100 miles to Bethlehem just to pay some money to Rome. And while the stories show her riding elegantly on a donkey, she was a peasant woman and most likely she had to walk on foot. She arrives in Bethlehem and there is no room for you in the inn. She's about to give birth. They push her into a stable, into a place where there's some other animals probably. There's no crib to lay the baby. She puts him in a manger, which was a feeding trough, a large dog bowl. And the first people to witness it are shepherds. Now, of course, when you've seen like little Christmas plays, the kids playing the shepherds are super cute. But back then, shepherds were people you didn't want to deal with. The historians talk about how you, people were told not to buy things from a shepherd back then because they were likely to have been stolen goods. Shepherds were seedy people in that culture. Shepherds were the sort of people you did not hang out with or invite to your house. In fact, there's, a, there's one religious writing from the first or second or third century, a Jewish writing that, that was instructing people on how to live, and they said if a shepherd falls into a pit, you are not under obligation by God to help him out. I mean, a dude falls into a pit, and you're like, yeah, but you're a shepherd, so we need fewer of you. There you are giving birth, and the first person to arrive in your hospital room is that? Do you think she was talking to God at the time? God, I, you said, okay, let me get this straight. Angel comes to me, son of God, right, this great and glorious thing. Do you see where I'm having this baby? There's a donkey staring at me. If I turn too much to my left, I'm lying in ox dung. What are you doing? Where's the gift that you promised, God? A throne? Son of God loves pure light, radiant beams? There's no radiant beams. This baby is crying. And he smells, and it smells in here. And then you send a bunch of homeless people to come in here and say they've seen angels too. Great. Thankfully, that's not what Mary does. It says in uh, Luke 2.19 that after all these things, she treasured up these things in her heart, pondering them in her heart. Jesus may not have been the gift she expected, but she was willing to receive him. Are we? Christmas is hard. If you actually think about what's supposed to have taken place, because it says God has come for us not in the way we expect or probably even want. If you were a first century Jew around the time of Jesus, the expectation was that a Messiah would come, but it would be a king, a king who would overthrow the Romans and give you a nation once again. The idea that that the king would show up in a manger made no sense to them, let alone the idea that Yahweh, the God of the universe, could ever be a man. That was blasphemous. To a Jew, Jesus' birth meant nothing. It was not the gift they expected. And if you were a Roman or Greek pagan in that day, it would have been very much the same thing. Your average pagan in the first century, not that many of you know any of them, but they expected religion. They expected priests and temples and sacrifices. 
There was a 20th century preacher named Dick Lucas who said in a sermon, can you imagine a discussion, an interview between a pagan neighbor and his Christian neighbor in that first century? The pagan neighbor might say something like this. So, I hear you're religious. That's great. I love religion. Religion's a good thing. Where's your temple or your holy place? To which the Christian would respond, oh, we, we don't have a temple. Jesus is our temple. Well, no temple. Well, where do your priests work and do all their ritual and all the things that they do? Well, we don't have priests to mediate the presence of God. Jesus was our great high priest. Well, no priests. Where do you offer sacrifices and earn favor with your gods? We don't need a sacrifice. Jesus was our sacrifice once and for all on the cross. To which the confused pagan would say, what kind of religion is this? And the answer is it's not a religion at all. Not the sort that you expect. Because it's not a bunch of rules. Nor is it a place you go. It's a person that you believe and follow a person who changed the world. You know, it was hard for them to believe as it is for us. But for us, it's slightly different reasons. So we're modern Americans, right? Most of us here, modern people at least. And uh, we're individualists and we don't really get God in a manger sort of thing. Part of the reason is we want autonomy, okay? All of us want autonomy. We want nobody to tell us what to do. If there is a God hypothetically, let's say. We want one who gives a little help when we need it, not one who gets all into our lives. We want God as an impersonal force who takes care of stuff that we can't take care of, right? Or, instead of just the impersonal force, we want a religion that gives us truth and wisdom, guidance, you know, a path to follow. Like Google Maps, where you pull it out and you say, okay, God, should I marry this girl? And you get the answer back right away. There's traffic up ahead. (laughs) Maybe there's an alternate route, you know. That's actually what we want. We just want some guidance. We don't want a person because that would mean a relationship and probably even commitment and that God has a say on our lives. Christmas is hard for us because we are merit-based people. We are achievement-oriented, performance-based people. You know this, right? In school, you work hard to get the grade. On the sports field, you work hard to make the team. The team works hard to get the win. In the business world, you are constantly performing, constantly trying to beat out your competitors or beat out your coworkers for that next place. We live in a constantly competitive, achievement-oriented, merit-based culture. It is part of our DNA. It's in our wiring. It's what we do. And we assume that God probably does the same thing. That God measures us like a teacher, reading the exams and marking what's right and wrong. Or that we go before God like some performance review at the end of the quarter. Kind of, how am I doing? 
we think it's about living a good life, being a good parent, kind of hardworking, having your good outweigh your bad. That is the story of Santa Claus, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the creator in the manger. And it may not be the gift that we want, but it is the gift that we need. You know, if, if God came today instead of first century Palestine, think about this just for a minute. minute sorry. Where he would show up, where he would show up is in the womb of a 16-year-old dropout living in a trailer park with her boyfriend. And the first people to show up would be some, some drunk meth addicts who would say, yeah, we had this message. And they're the ones who go tell the local news. And all of us would be like, that's crazy. Why would God show up there? But if that is how God chose to reveal himself, and that's the whole story of Christianity, then what does it say about why he came and for whom he came? You know, what we're given at Christmas is God very personal and very weak. God is a homeless and poor refugee. God is a helpless and totally vulnerable infant. There is no other religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, paganism, atheism, no other religion that claims the God of the universe became vulnerable, breakable, killable. If you had shown up that day, you could have ended the God of the universe's life. And he allowed himself to do that. Francis Schaeffer a 20th century theologian wrote, why did he come this way? To meet the central need of humanity is why. He did not come to overthrow the Romans nor to raise the living standards of the world nor primarily to teach us how to live. Jesus has come to save people from their sins. Don't settle. Don't settle for trying to be a better person. We're trying to find religion. Don't settle for that. Look a little closer at the gift. Is, is Jesus actually God? Look at it. And what does it mean if this baby is the God of the universe? Pastor Tim Keller preached, people who are saved are not those who have risen through their own ability to be what God wants them to be. Salvation comes to those who are willing to admit how weak they are. The story of Christmas is the gospel story. And it says that it's not the successful who are in and the failures who are out, nor the good who are in and the, and the bad who are out. Instead, it flips things upside down and says it's the humble who are in and the proud who are out. To receive the gift of Christ, you have to realize that you need him.
Jesus may not actually be the gift that you're expecting, but he is the gift you need. Are you willing to receive him? Let's pray. God, our Father, on this night, we remember that first scene in that manger, in that stable, with that scared Mary and her husband Joseph, and a baby born to them. And the claim that this is the Lord of the universe is astounding, as unexpected back then as it is today. If this is true, give us eyes to see. To see in that child the Savior of the world and our Lord too. Amen.